0: Well as I mentioned in the service this morning today is definitely uh, a lot more like a lesson like a class uh, but I really feel like this is I really feel like this is the will of God for us today and I'm I, I, listen I got some help this morning I don't know about anybody else but I got some help this morning and I was just looking over the message this afternoon just trying to sort of get in, in the right frame of mind for tonight and God knows my heart as I was looking over the message and what I was going to give you tonight I just thought. I just this was my thought wow Lord we need this I mean we need this tonight This is meaty it's a little meaty tonight And but I, I believe this is going to help I only gave you the first part this morning all right So you got worried you're worried already aren't you And so you're thinking man if that was only the first one He's got five more to go And so I promise you I'm going to make you a promise tonight I'm going to make you a promise I am going to let you out Okay all right And so Amen. Genesis chapter 3. Let's all stand tonight, if you will. And we are going to, we're going to get through this. We're going to keep things moving tonight, so you'll have to really pay attention on purpose because we're going to give you a lot in a little bit of time. And so Genesis chapter number 3, and I want you to find your places again in verse number 1. We'll pray and take just a moment, barely just a moment, and review for those who weren't in the service this morning. And if you weren't in the service this morning, then go back and watch the live stream and you can get, uh, you know, you can get the introduction to the message this morning. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. How many are glad you have a Bible tonight? Amen. Amen. Me too. The Bible says in verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god amongst the trees of the garden And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? We'll stop there tonight. You may be seated this evening. But even in those uh, nine verses that we read there tonight, uh, we see communication just uh, permeating through those nine verses that we read this evening. Uh, We are going to move quickly tonight. I'm going to unbutton this so I can get a little bit more comfortable. And, And I want you to hang in there with me tonight man oh man because I've got something that I know is going to help you tonight and the Lord gave it to me it helped me and I believe it's going to help you tonight and so let's go to the Lord and ask God to help us and then we'll jump right into the Bible study this evening Father thank you so much for your goodness and for the good day that you've given us wonderful crowd this morning great crowd tonight and Lord we thank you for the great spirit that's been here today a spirit of brotherly love and Lord a spirit of of, uh, Lord, just excitement and, and revival You've answered prayer, we thank you for that You're so good to meet with us, Lord We're so undeserving And I just thank you, Lord, for blessing We pray for your fellowship tonight We pray for your presence Lord, through the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of the Lord And I pray, Heavenly Father, that, uh, that you'll take uh, something that the pastor will say tonight or do tonight And I pray that it will lodge in our, our spiritual mind and God, I pray that it will make a difference in our, in our lives, the lives of our family, our home, our ministry, our business, uh, whatever the case might be. I pray that you'll help us. We pray for your power. Oh, Lord, bring to memory the things that you gave me in the study tonight. And I'm scared to death. I'm going to mess it up. And so, Lord, I ask you to help me now, please. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. We said this this morning, that one of the first things spotlighted in Genesis chapter 3 is, first of all, the communication of Satan, the communication of Lucifer. We gave you the three parts of Lucifer's communication this morning. We said that his communication was skeptical. We drew your attention to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, where Lucifer said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Again, I wish I could camp out there for a little bit again tonight, but I'm not going to do that. We showed you how his communication was cynical out of verses 3 and 4. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. It's almost a a cynical slam there. Ah, you can't believe that. That's not really going to happen. God didn't mean that like it sounded. And then we said his communication was critical. In verse number 5, Lucifer finally just comes out and he just criticizes God And he said, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And so basically what Lucifer was saying to Eve was, God's not fair. And God's trying to keep good things from you. And we know because God loves us so much, God would never try to keep good things. You wouldn't try to keep good things from your children. You would try try to keep bad things from your children, but not good things from your children. Why would we think that God would do anything different than that? And, uh, but that's, that's how the devil played it off. And, uh, but we noticed this morning that the communication was broken between Adam and Eve and God for the very first time. We mentioned this morning that if you don't understand something, it's difficult to be good at it. And, uh, and a lot of people struggle with communication, whether it's in their marriage or their job. A lot of folks are struggling on their jobs today. Because of this thing of communication. That's what's so great about church. And it's what's so great about preaching. That preaching doesn't just help you in your, in your Christian life, it helps you in your job, helps you in your marriage, helps you in your child rearing. Man, it just helps you in every, in every aspect of life. And so a lot of folk are, are struggling with communication simply because they don't understand communication. Now, we said uh, this morning, and we just gave you the first part of communication. We said the first part is context. And we said that it's vital to keep things in context. And that context is vital in healthy communication. And we said that as you're communicating with others, make sure that you don't take it out of context. Uh, The devil wants to do that. He wants to get you upset about something somebody does or something somebody says. Uh, when When in all actuality, they really didn't mean it like that. really didn't mean it like it sounded or maybe they were just having a... A difficult day, and they didn't really mean to come across like that. And now listen to me, Calvary, if we're not careful, Satan will use that and he'll he'll help that that to be a burr under your saddle. and you you'll go out of here missing the blessing of God all because you allowed something to get taken out of context. And so uh, one of the the, the more important parts of communication is the matter of context. Now let's go on tonight and uh, let's get into this tonight. Number two, the next part of communication uh, is the word sender, sender, uh, or what is also known as the encoder. And, uh, boy, isn't it great? I mean, you'd go to a conference and pay 600 bucks for this, and you're getting it for zero tonight. And, uh, amen. Uh, sender, that's the, that's the next important part of communication. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 18. Paul said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet, in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. And so the, the second part of communication is the sender. By the way, that's you, amen, and that's me. The sender or the encoder. Now, as the sender of communication, you need to make sure of several things. Number one, you need to make sure that your spirit field as you communicate. Um, Uh, I'm not going to have you turn, because I'm going to have you turn to some other places in just just a moment. But listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 4. Paul said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now, church, listen to me now. Uh, This is going to make sense. You're going to get this if you'll just hang on with me tonight. As the sender, as the person that's communicating with others, as you're talking to your mom, as you're communicating with your kids, as you're communicating with that difficult boss man that you work with, as you're communicating with your husband or your wife, uh, as you're communicating with uh, with another brother or sister in the church, it's important that you make sure that you're spirit-filled. One of the things that we learned at the retreat this last uh, a week ago was this, that most of the fruit of the Spirit is relational fruits. Now, I want you to turn over there, and I want you to look at that with me tonight as we did with the couples a few days ago. Galatians chapter 5, and I want you to look at verse number 22 tonight. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number twenty-two. And we took a little time uh, at the retreat to sort of uh, to go through these, and I won't take time a lot of time there tonight, but at least I want to just touch on it and pay tribute to it. Uh, Galatians chapter five, and verse number twenty-two. Most of the fruit of the spirit are relational fruits. In other words, their fruits that are going to help you in your relationship. So, uh, Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two. Uh, the, the the Holy Spirit says, but the fruit of the spirit is. Love. Well, that word love there is the idea of affection. And then he says joy. Well, that's the idea of cheerfulness. And then he said peace. That's another fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, uh, uh, peace, is the idea of quietness. Quietness. Uh, Long suffering is uh, is the idea of forbearance or patience. In other words, as you're communicating, how many know that sometimes you got to be patient? (laughs) If you're not patient, you'll say something you shouldn't say. If you're not patient, you won't hear them out, and you'll start speaking before you hear what they say. And so a fruit of the Spirit is patience. Then it says gentleness. That word gentleness means excellence in demeanor, having a good demeanor, the way you carry yourself. The word goodness is the word beneficence, or just being a a good person, a generous, charitable, uh, charitable person. Faith is the idea of faithfulness, meekness, verse 23. Meekness is the idea of humility, having humility. Temperance is the idea of self-control. Now, this is all I'm saying. If we're gonna be good communicators to one another and to others, it is imperative that we make sure that we are filled with the Spirit of God because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is gonna help you to be a better Communicator, Listen, have you ever have you been around some of these people that are always opening mouth, inserting foot? I mean, it, it happens on a regular basis. Now, I don't know those folks, and I don't know all that's going on, but I will tell you one thing. People that are like that, uh, there's, there's one definite thing that's not going on. They're not spirit-filled. Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you're yielded to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is gonna give you those fruits that are going to help you to be a better communicator. Uh, and so as the sender, number one, you need to make sure your spirit-filled. Number two, uh, man, as the sender, number two, you need to make sure that you understand communication has great power. Yeah. It has great power. You say, preacher, are you talking about my words? Yes. Man, the words that you say, they have great power. You say, preacher, it's just little old me. Little old you has the ability to have great power with your words. Now, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, and I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 18 tonight, Proverbs chapter 18, and look at verse number 21 in your Bibles this evening, and notice the powerful, strong verse that the Bible gives to us, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 21. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 21. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the what? The power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so it's, we we got to understand something. Somebody says, well, I didn't mean anything by it. You know what? Even though you didn't mean anything by it, it has more power than you think. Uh, l- listen, you maybe didn't mean to hurt somebody by what you said, but you got to understand something, that your words have a lot of power. And they have the ability, and we'll get into this in just a little bit, they have the ability to help, or they have the ability and the power to hurt. And so we need to understand that our, our, as, as the communicator, as the sender, our words have great power. I remember years ago, many years ago, I was probably, I don't know, probably second or third grade. And I remember my, my uh, oldest sister's husband was over. They weren't married. I don't think they were married. I think they were just dating at the time. And they were at our house, and I don't think I was eavesdropping. I think I was just outside just messing around as a little kid. And my sister and my brother-in-law were out uh, in front of the carport, and they were talking. And I don't know that they knew I was there, but I was uh, over at the side of the house, and I heard them talking. And I heard my brother-in-law say this. He said to my sister, he said, One of these days, Stephen is going to do something great with his life. Now, he didn't know I was listening. But I'm going to tell you something, church. When he said that, it had power. It had power. And, uh, and I never forgot that. And that's been years and years and years ago. But I never forgot that. And ever since then, I thought, Lord, use me. I want to do something. I want to do something great. That's why I love it, man, when we go and run these bus routes and, and pick up these bus kids. And, and often when the kids are getting off the bus on Sunday afternoon, I'll stop them and I'll say, hey, you're going to do big things. You're going to do big things. Hey, you're going to do big things. Hey, did you know God has big, giant plans for you? Did you know that God wants to use you in a great, great way? Now, you say, preacher, why do you do that? Because, brother, I want to speak power and blessing into the life. You know why? Because, And I thought about this. Did you know that our our youthful generation is just living out what they've been told? You are stupid. You are a mistake. You are worthless. You are sorry. And you are never going to amount to anything. And you know what they're doing? They're living up to it. And that's all they've ever heard from parents and that's all they've ever heard from anybody, anybody else that you're that you were a mistake and that you're sorry and and, uh, and I wish we never would have had you and brother it is no wonder that our youthful generation is turning out like it's turning out and what we ought to do at a church like this is brother we ought to be speaking power and blessing and help into these young people that walk in these doors and on this property and saying listen god has got big plans for you. And by by the way, I don't just say that. I believe that. God wants to use them. But our words, our words have, have major power. And so we see context. We see sender. How about this number three? We see message. Message is, is one of the parts of communication. Now, the objective of the message needs to be clear. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Revelation chapter two tonight. Revelation chapter two. And look with me, if you will, please, to verse number 7. Revelation chapter 2. And I want you to look down at verse number 7. And the Bible says this in verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. By the way, if you read Revelation, you'll find out that seven more times the Holy Spirit uses that same statement let him hear let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches what's the idea the idea is this that the message when we send a message out the message needs to be clear now I want to give you several things about the message how about this number one your message first of all should be supportive it should be supportive now, again, I want you to, we're going to use our Bibles a little bit tonight. It's Bible study time. And so I want you to turn over to Revelation, I'm, I'm sorry, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And look, if you will, at verse number 29 tonight. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29. Your message should be supportive. In other words, your your, your message should never be hurtful or condescending. You understand tonight, uh, church, that the speech of the Christian is supposed to always build up and not tear down. Amen. Now, do you have to sometimes tell the truth? Yes, uh, you say, you, you say, Pastor, you mean I'm only supposed to speak positively to my kids all the time even when they're doing wrong? No. You may have to get on your kids from now, uh, from now and again, but I'm just saying this. Your speech, uh, even though you may have to rebuke them from time to time, your speech ought to always be building up, building them up. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that word edifying, is the idea of building something up. Uh, Edifice, edification. Uh, We've got an edifice right up here, just up the road. We've we've got a, a building that's been built up, an edifice that's been built up. And that's what the Bible's saying here. Let no communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so our message should be supported. Number two, our message should be seasoned, and uh, and now turn right to the book of Colossians, just a few pages over, to the book of Colossians, and look at Colossians chapter four, and verse number six tonight. Right after the book of Philippians, Colossians chapter four, and verse number six, the Bible says, "Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt." that you know how to, you ought to answer every man. Now, we took a little time in the retreat to talk about this, but you know what? A quality chef takes time to season his food. There is a big difference in McDonald's and a five-star restaurant. Now, sometimes McDonald's will do in a rush. I, I understand that, but there's a big difference. Uh, if you've ever been to a restaurant where how many have ever been to a restaurant where they did table side? Did table side? Man, I've been to that just a, a, a couple times, a few times. That's nice. And they come to your table and they prepare your steak or they prepare your main entree right there by, by your table. And I guess, I guess uh, p- part of the, the, the experience of that is not just the savorness of the food, but I guess a big part of that experience is just watching what they do. And, man, you'll see them put this on there. And then they'll put this ingredient on. Then they'll stir this up. And then they'll add this. And you know what? It's it's not it's not fast food. It's not a fast process. They take time to season their food. A quality chef seasons their food. Now, you say, preacher, what does that have to do with anything? A quality communicator takes the time to season their communication. And so don't just let the first thing that comes to your mind come out of your mouth. You know what? Before you speak to your husband, before you speak to your children, before you speak to your parents, yeah. before you say the, the, the first thing that comes to your mind when you're at work tomorrow, you know what? As a child of God, that's spirit-filled and understands how important communication is, you know what that means? That means we've got to stop. Now, here's the problem. That takes self-control. But didn't the Bible tell us that was one of the fruits of the Spirit? Temperance. And so, you know what? When we want to just, man, just fire back and and, and say, you know what, I don't deserve that. And and, uh, he said this, and so I'm going to fire. Now, wait a minute now. The Spirit-filled child of God stops before he just lets something come out, and he seasons, he seasons that, seasons that communication before it comes out of his mouth. And so your message should be supportive. Your message should be seasoned. I love this next one. Your message should be sandwiched. Now, think about this. Think about a sandwich tonight. Some of you say gladly, Pastor. I'm glad to do that. Some people don't like sandwiches. I love sandwiches. A sandwich usually is built like this. It has bread and then meat or whatever else you put on there. Bread, meat, bread. I mean, that's normally. There's a few weirdos out here tonight, I know. But, I, but, but normally, that's how, you, that's how you fix a sandwich. And so your message should be the same, the same way. Uh, uh, you, as you communicate with others, you use some praise as you begin, bread. Then you put the meaty stuff on there, the serious talk or the rebuke. And then you cap it off, with some more bread or some more praise. Now, I want to show you tonight that I'm preaching the Bible, all right? I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you want, and turn to Revelation chapter 2. And I want you to notice that Jesus used this same method in his communication. And now, I could take you to other places. This is just one place. But Revelation chapter 2, and I want you to look at verse number 1 tonight. And here the Lord is speaking to the church of Ephesus. Revelation chapter two, verse number one. Watch this very closely. Here the Lord is speaking, verse one. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Look at verse two. He said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how how thou canst not bear them with your evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. In other words, the Lord's saying, boy, church, I'm, I'm, I praise you for this. Well, I, I commend you. You're really doing a good job. Verse number three. He said, and has borne, and has patience, and, uh, and for my name's sake, has labored, and has not fainted. You didn't quit. I mean, it was tough. But he said, you stayed in there, and you didn't quit. You see what Jesus is doing here? And so here's that piece of bread. Praise, 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 praise. But watch now. But look when we get to verse number four. Nevertheless, he said, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works, or else I will come into thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So all of a sudden the Lord put some meat on the sandwich. This is the meaty stuff. He said, Church, you've done some great things. I praise you. I commend you. I applaud you. And then the Lord said, But I got one thing I need to talk to you about. And he said, I, Nevertheless. But then look at verse number 6. He puts the bread back on the cap. Verse number 6, he said, But this thou hast that thou hatest the the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. In other words, the Lord said, you know what, I'm gonna praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. And then the Lord said, oh, by the way, I need to talk to you about something. And then he said, oh, you're doing a great job. Well, I appreciate you. I'm gonna tell you something. If folks would use that method right there in churches and businesses, you know what? It'd take care of a lot of the problems today. And in marriage, you say, listen, you fellas, Go to your wife and you say, come here, woman. <laughs> you are already on a bad start right there. Amen. Come here, bad likes. I want to talk to you. Come here, you heifer. <laughs> and, uh, brother, listen, you might as well stick a fork in it. You are done, man. I mean, you are done before you ever get started. Wait a minute now. Seriously, though, if we would approach our spouses like this or our children, uh, some of you uh, your parents, I love you tonight, some of you parents are real good at criticizing, but you're not really great at praising and so if, if you would take that child who you're, you say, but pastor, I'm disappointed with a little something's going on. They, they, didn't, they didn't bring home all straight A's. They had some A's, B's, and C's, okay. Then maybe you ought to do this. Next time you talk to them, maybe you ought to say, honey, I just want to tell you something. I am super proud of you for those A's. Not everybody can get A's. I mean, that's wonderful. That's great. And those B's were good. But I do want to talk to you just a little bit about some of those C's and C minuses. Y'all see where I'm going with that? And so your message should be uh, your message should be sandwiched. Remember those song that said this: "Just a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down." That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody said you can catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar, and and so uh, make sure that your message is right. We're going to hasten. How about this? Uh, number next is the word medium. Number four is the word medium. Now this is the means by which you transmit the message. And the sender needs to make sure that they use the appropriate medium for transmitting the message. All right? So, uh, so stay with me here tonight if you will. All right? So how about this? Number one, uh, this medium may be face-to-face. Uh, that's a, sometimes that's a good medium for communication, face-to-face. And so uh, I, go, I go to Brother Ricky and I say, Hey, Brother Ricky, good to see you today, Brother Ricky. Face-to-face, eye contact. And that's a, and you ought to do that from time to time. But I want to say something real quickly right there. If you decide that you're going to speak to someone face-to-face, you better make sure, especially if there's an issue, you better make sure your spirit-filled before you do that. Now I want to show you a story of what I'm talking about. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Acts chapter 6. I know we're turning to a lot of places tonight. Acts chapter 6. And I want you to look at verse number 15. And this is a classic example of what I'm talking about. Here the deacon Stephen is. And Stephen is speaking or communicating face to face with a mob that just is so upset with him. They want to just, and they do. They kill him. But notice as as Stephen is communicating with this, this crowd face to face, we notice something that the deacon Stephen is spirit filled. He's full of the Holy Ghost. And look what our Bible tells us in verse number 15. The Bible says, in all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And so when you're talking, when you're communicating face-to-face with somebody, make sure that your spirit feels. Let me give you this next one. How about this? Number two, it could be that you need to, that your medium needs to be writing a note or a letter. Sometimes you can't, you know what, especially when there's a problem, sometimes you can't always go to somebody and talk to them face-to-face. Sometimes people will call me, they'll say, Pastor, I've got a problem with a family member. It's major, and uh, I mean we're we're at odds, and I don't know what to do. And often I'll say to them, "Why don't you write a letter?" Sometimes you can, you know what you say, preacher. I've called, they hang up, but you can't hang up on a letter. And you know what? Sometimes when you're trying to talk to somebody and there's emotion involved and there's problems involved, you know what? Before you know it, it gets heated. They say something, you say something. And isn't it amazing that sometimes you can write a letter and you can convey your thoughts in a letter better than you can speaking verbally. Now, did you know that God communicates with us by a letter? Yes, God gives us the Holy Spirit, but God speaks to His children through a letter. And so that's a medium. And then I, I just wanted to mention this. Sometimes you may want to communicate with a counselor present. The Bible says in Proverbs 11:14, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. By the way, 3 times the Bible mentions that statement. In the multitude of counselors there is safety. Did you know there's no shame in getting together with a godly, qualified counselor and just having them uh, just having them with you when you try to communicate with somebody. Nothing wrong with that. That's biblical, scriptural. Uh, and so we notice here, we notice uh, the word medium. We're going quickly. We're gonna ha- be, be out of here in just a, just a moment. How about this? Number next, we notice the word recipient, recipient, or what they call the decoder. Now, as the recipient, be careful how you receive The communication And we talked about this a little bit this morning So I won't stay here very long But when you receive the communication Don't just jump the gun Don't be hasty Somebody said it like this Act Don't react Act Don't react Did you know sometimes When somebody sends communication your way As the recipient There's nothing that says That you have to respond Right then did you know uh, uh, over in uh, Matthew chapter 27 the Bible says when Pilate was talking to Jesus the Bible says about Jesus and he answered him to never a word. Jesus never opened his mouth. Never talked to him. Isaiah 53, 7 the Bible says he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb so he openeth not his mouth. Proverbs seventeen twenty-eight, even a fool When he holdeth his peace Is counted wise And he that shutteth his lips Is esteemed a man of understanding Abraham Lincoln said it like this Better remain silent And be thought a fool Than to speak out and remove all doubt That's true Somebody said it like this A wise old owl lived in an oak The more he saw the less he spoke The less he spoke the more he heard Why can't we be like that old bird Amen (laughs) that's right well, let me give you this last one. I want you to really, really hear me out on this last one. The sixth part of communication is the word feedback, and experts tell us that feedback is the is the main component of communication. Feedback. Feedback. Now, how do we give feedback? Well, feedback can be verbal. And so Brother David says something to me, and I say, he says, Preacher, what about this? And I say, well, Brother David, verbal. But feedback can be through signs. A smile is feedback. How many know you can tell when somebody's not pleased with something you say by by the look on their face? A smile, a sigh uh, can be feedback. Uh, Something written can be feedback. Now, they tell us this, that it's important that we allow the feedback. That one-way communication is not healthy communication. Now, we're, 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 listen, the wheels are on the runway. We're getting ready to bring this thing to a close. But here's my point tonight is this. For the child of God, when we receive feedback, we have to be careful that we give it back with the spirit of Christ's likeness. Amen. One last place I'm going to have you turn. I want you to turn over to First Peter chapter three and verse number eight. I've got it on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles tonight, First Peter chapter three and verse number eight. And notice what the Bible tells us about this thing of communication. First Peter chapter three, verse number eight. The Bible says, "Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one another, love his brethren, be pitiful, be courteous." Now look at verse number nine, church not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary wise, blessing. Knowing that you're there called that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So when people communicate, we have to be sure that our feedback is spirit-filled. Be careful of how you receive feedback, and we're done. Be careful how you send feedback back to the communicator. Boy, I found this story. It helped me so much. They said that during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln became really, really upset with one of his generals in the Civil War, General Meade. He became very upset with his general. In fact, I wanted to show you this. You you probably can't see it all that good if you're in the back, but I want to read an excerpt of Lincoln's letter that he wrote to this general of his. Now listen to this. Abraham Lincoln said to this general, I do not believe you appreciate the magnitude of the misfortune involved in Lee's escape. He was within your easy grasp. And to have closed upon him would, in connection with our other late successes, have ended the war. As it is, the war will be prolonged indefinitely. If you could not safely attack Lee last Monday, how can you possibly do so south of the river when you can take with you very few more than two-thirds of the force you had then had in hand? It would be unreasonable to expect, and I do not expect you now, or that you now can affect much your golden opportunity is gone. And Lincoln said, and I am distressed immeasurably because of it. Whew. That's a scorcher. Uh, some have even suggested that that was personal. Well, I read that story, but then I kept reading. You know, the important part about that story is this. Lincoln never sent the letter. He wrote it, but he never sent it. When Lincoln passed away, and they began to go through his belongings there in the, in the White House, they began to go, th- and they found a letter. This letter was written to this general, but Lincoln never sent the letter. And somebody surmised the reason that he did not like this. They said, maybe, and this is Lincoln speaking, He said, maybe I'll not be so hasty. It's easy enough for me to sit here in the quiet of the White House and and order Meade to attack. But if I had been up at Gettysburg and if I had seen as much blood as Meade has seen during the last week, and if my ears had been pierced with the screams and shrieks of the wounded and dying, maybe I wouldn't be so anxious to attack either. If I had Meade's timid temperament, perhaps I would have done just what he'd done. Anyhow... It's water under the bridge now. If I send this letter, oh, this is so good. If I send this letter, it will relieve my feelings, but it will make me try to justify himself. It will make him condemn me. It will arouse hard feelings, impair all his further usefulness as a commander, and perhaps force him to resign from the army. Man, I read that story. That helped me so much. You know what Lincoln, you know what Abraham Lincoln was saying? He understood something a lot of folks don't understand and that's that communication has power. And if we're not careful, if we just glibly say things and and just, if we're not careful with our communication, man, it it can damage. And so you know what? We have a, commissioned here tonight that we're to be, as we communicate with one another, as we communicate with our spouse, our kids, our parents, our co-workers, it's important for us to be spirit-filled communicators. Let's bow our heads tonight. I know this has been very meaty tonight, and this has been like like a class today, but I honestly believe this is what the Lord wanted me to bring today. I'm thankful, Calvary, for what God has done at Calvary Baptist Church. I'm thankful that I can walk in here on a Sunday morning and I feel a spirit, a spirit of ease. And I feel a spirit of brotherly communion and love. But did you know that there's a lot of churches all over America that are having major issues, major problems. Folks are mad at one another and upset at one another. Couples are upset with one another. Parents and kids are upset with one another. You know why? Because of this thing of communication. We're not careful with our communication. Listen, would you just mind the Lord tonight? If God spoke to your heart about uh, about something, about an issue, just mind the Lord. Do business with the Lord tonight. Let's all stand, if you will. Father, I, I thank you. Lord for helping me with this Lord as I was studying this And getting it ready to to bring to your church Lord it helped me It's come back to me several times I've had to think about this message Because Lord sometimes I'm not as careful With what I say As as I need to be Lord sometimes I may say something to Miss Tammy And I need to be more careful about about what I say to my wife and how I speak to her. I may say something to my kids, or I may say something something to someone here in the church. And I, Lord, I just, Lord, sometimes I just, I'm not as careful with that communication as I need to be. God, tonight, I pray that you'll work in our hearts, and I pray that you help us to understand that our words have power. And help us to be so careful with what we say. Blessing this invitation. Speak to your hearts, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. The pianists will play. Hey, listen. Many have already come to the altar. If you need to come tonight, the altar is wide open this evening. Would you come? Would you come? Hey, fellas, be careful how you communicate with that one you call your wife, or ladies, with that one you call your husband. you say pastor I'll work around a bunch of unsaved heathen at work and it's such a temptation sometimes just to just to give them what for and I certainly understand that but as we walk out that door tonight we have a, a challenge man we're to be spirit filled communicators we're going to pause just for a moment tonight if you need to come the altar is open If you need prayer tonight, we'll be glad to pray with you this evening. If you need to be saved, oh, mercy. Don't don't leave here without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We're here tonight. You come tonight. While, While we wait, you come.